Welcome to Wake Up From Your Dream Job Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen McDonald. I took a 13-year tangent in my career, thinking that if I followed others' expectations of me and my job, I would be happy. Instead, I found joy and peace when I focused on the life I wanted and found a job that was an expression of my dreams, not a fulfillment of those dreams. Now it's your turn to dream bigger than just your job. I'll interview coaches, professionals, and people who have been where you are to give you tangible challenges to find fulfillment in and beyond your job. My guest today is a mini celebrity in my world, and I'll admit I got a little starstruck talking to her. It was such an honor to talk with her about job crafting, following your passion, and her new book, Career Unstuck. Since Charlotte and I are Gallup Certified Strengths Coaches, we will mention the Clifton Strengths Assessment and individual talents we each have very often in this podcast. If you want to learn more about why we're both passionate about this assessment as a tool for personal and professional growth, you can reach out to either of us or go directly to Gallup at CliftonStrengths.com. Charlotte Blair is someone who believes in living each day to the fullest, aiming for a 10 out of 10 type of day every day, working towards what you want and knowing that obstacles can be navigated around or pushed out of the way. She loves helping people find their passion and purpose and playing to their strengths. She is at her best when with a group of people in one room, helping them discover and then sharing what their unique superpowers are and gaining a greater understanding of how they think, feel, and behave, and leveraging this uniqueness to achieve more together. She is also very passionate about inspiring and helping other coaches to start their businesses and realize what is possible. Charlotte had an expansive career in sales before shifting her career to coaching and facilitation in 2014, and she mentions that a little in the podcast. She works with other coaches around the world, executive teams, leaders, managers, and individual contributors at companies like Telstra, Australia Post, Mercer, and the Transport Accident Commission. In her spare time, she can be found in her vegetable patch at her 14 acres near Kyneton in the Macedon Ranges or with her hives of bees walking the dogs or exploring Australia in her caravan with her husband and two boys. One day soon, she would like to become a small-scale honey producer and sell eggs, honey, and homegrown vegetables from the gate at the end of the drive. She knows the power is within us, and with a little courage, a network of partners, and a cheer squad, we can free ourselves from the shackles of a job that sucks the life out of us and stifles our passion and strengths to a thriving career you love. Oh, Charlotte, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. You are a little bit of a um, celebrity guest, I think, for me. (laughs) And everybody else listening is probably going, yeah, but I've never heard of Charlotte Blair. But in the world of Clifton Strengths, you are highly known um, as a coach, as a facilitator. I think your bio says you've worked with over 10,000 people. You've been on Called to Coach uh, podcast six different times. And I'm very excited you chose to be on my podcast. 
Well, thank you for asking me. I'm, that feeds my significance to know that I, <laughs> I'm seen as a celebrity and that I can get out there and spread the message. So thank you so much for asking yeah, me. Absolutely. So what is that message that you like spreading? The message of how important it is to know your strengths and have the opportunity to play to your strengths. So if I can help coaches spread the message, then that's great. I can reach even more people through you guys um, and we can help Gallup in terms of their goal of uh, enabling, you know, billions of people to discover Mm -hmm. and use their strengths. So it's all about finding out and being able to use your strengths. Yes, 100%. Where did strengths come in with your journey of becoming a coach and consulting? Yeah, this often feels like a really long story, so I will try and give you the shortened version of the story. So I used to work at Verizon, The you know, being in the US, you'll be familiar with Verizon. Mm-hmm. They're, they're less well-known here in Australia, but I worked um, for Verizon in the UK at the time, and a lot of people there got to discover and use their strengths. And an um, awesome person in learning and development, Brian Bailey, He um, helped our team initially to have that kind of strengths initial discussion of, you know, what are my strengths and how do I play to them in the team? That was back in 2009. And I remember looking at my report and going, yeah, this sounds like me. I'm an activator. I'm a woo. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like me. Didn't really do a huge amount with it. It wasn't until I came to Australia and I had the opportunity to attend the Stephen Covey Seven Habits of Highly Effective People course that talked about what's your mission and purpose in life. And I realized I didn't want to be in IT for the rest of my life. Um, What were some of the things I really loved doing? It was helping other people. And Brian, then I asked him if he would become my mentor and he said, yes. And he, I said, well, like, I think I want to do what you do of coach and facilitate. How do I get to do that? And he said, well, I think you need to look back at your strengths. So I did. And then, you know, the more I found out about coaching, I actually did my International Coaching Federation training first before becoming Gallup accredited. But the more I found out about coaching, the more I wanted to do. So I did my level and one, level two through the Institute of Executive Coaching and Leadership. I went off and got an advanced diploma in facilitation. And then I was like, okay, I want to do more with strengths. How do I get to coach people more on their strengths? And so then 10 years ago, became a Gallup accredited coach. I was on the first program that they ever ran in Australia which was very exciting. Awesome. And if they didn't run that, I was going to go to Omaha to do it anyway. I oh. remember talking with Jamie Libro and um, she was a the person, they really just sort of that year started doing external training um, outside of that corporate space. So I was like, yeah, how do I, how do I be, get accredited? So I was going to come over to Omaha and they went, oh, we're going to look at running a program in Australia. So I managed to get on the first one, which was very exciting. That's great. And never looked back. Never looked back. Exactly that. Never looked back. That's awesome. So you mentioned a couple of things in there, doing Stephen Covey and the mission and the purpose and then pulling in your strengths. How do all those intersect to look at finding a dream job? So I do believe, I know some people disagree with this, but I do believe that you should follow your passion. I think if you don't love what you do, you know, are you going to be fully engaged in it and are you going to be happy? And I believe that you do need to be happy. 
my first job, um, Kristen, was actually working with horses. And I loved working with horses. I left school as quickly as I could. Mm. I got to school as quickly as I could with my activator and woo. And I left school as quickly as I could, learner number 34. Um, and I went to work with horses. And I loved working with horses, but it wasn't that well paid. And I had big kind of aspirations to, you know, buy a house and live the lifestyle that I wanted to. And, and that's how I kind of got more into the IT space. But I I think you need to follow your passion. And that's what's always sort of driven me um, or your purpose. So, you know, if my purpose actually in IT was to earn as much money as I could, and I, you know, I love connecting with people. So if it gave me the opportunity to connect with people, that was great. That met my met my purpose, but it wasn't necessarily my passion. So mm. if you can do both, great. Um, but if you can't, um, then one or the other. So obviously the Stephen Covey helped me think about what my purpose was um, and then sort of strengths enabled me to think about more of that passion and what was it that I really loved doing. But fundamentally the intersection is we're at work for a lot, a long part of our life. Depends on how old you are, but a long part of our life, we are at work. And I believe you have to really enjoy what you do. Mm. Yeah. I think for so often people end up just working for the money. Like you said at the beginning of, hey, if I can make the money and I get to be around people, which does feed you, that's that's good enough. But there's a deeper piece to that that needs to be fulfilled and addressed I think um yeah and I think when when people do have the opportunity to discover and use their strengths then you know we we, we know the statistics through Gallup that they are happier they're more engaged in their job they're more productive they're more you know then the organizations are more profitable so I believe that there is an a very achievable way to um Yes, earn the money, but also have the opportunity to do what you do best and play to your strengths. And and hence job crafting, I think, is becoming more popular, which I'm super excited about. And I think the more people that have the courage to ask about job crafting means that you can achieve both. If you're if you're in a role that you may be um, or in a career that maybe you, you don't love, but it pays good money, how could you tweak that role so that you get to do more of the bits of the job that you love doing and still earn the money. Yeah. I was just going to ask what job crafting is. And there you gave the definition as taking what the company says needs to get done and bringing yourself to that role in order to say, Hey, this is what I do well. Um, and it's easy for me and I want to continue to develop it and contribute to the company. Hey, can we morph the role so that I can focus more on that to better contribute? to the company. Yeah. And most organizations say, yeah, sure. We just don't necessarily ask the question. I think when people, when organizations put a job specification out into the market, that's their wish list. That's their ideal yeah, wish list. But not everybody's going to meet that, but they would probably rather have somebody that um, either has the right attitude, fits the culture, has some of those skills. But if they can tweak and morph things, then it's a win-win situation. They are more likely to hold on to that person 
because they have the opportunity to do what they do best than bring somebody in who, yes, has the skills but doesn't love what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then that's why we see the, the the high turnover. I hear so many amazing stories of people that made the ask and said, hey, you know, I really love doing this bit, this place to my strengths. Can we look at more of that? Come to go, yeah, sure we can. But if we don't make the ask, then we we never know. But then it also comes back, Kristen, that sometimes people don't know what their strengths are or don't have a language to put I to was, their strengths. I was just going to ask, okay, so where does this process start? Because we know for some people there may be that idea of, well, I don't even know how I'd ask my company, but even taking it a step backwards and going, how, how do I want to customize this role? I don't know what is reasonable to ask or what I should even be asking for. Where do you start? Well, you start by taking the Clifton Strengths Assessment and identifying 100%. identifying what those talents and strengths are. One of my favorite reports that goes along with your fully personalized full 34 report is the Bring and Need report from Gallup Cascade, because this is the bit that says, you know, this is what I bring to the role and this is what I need from the role. And when people can identify those things, and think to their best at work. What does that best at work look, look like? What are the things they love doing? What are some of the things that drain them and they hate doing? Then that gives them the language to be able to go to the manager and say, these are the things that fill me up. These are the things that drain me. And having a discussion at a team level as well, like I've had some amazing workshop team discussions where people go, oh, God, I really hate doing this bit. And somebody else goes, oh, I love doing that bit. Give it to me. I mean, I I shared um, I share in my book an example when I was working in a consulting firm. We have a peer review process, and I go, "Oh my god, I hate the peer review process. I'm dyslexic. You know, I find it really hard." And Sam and the team says, "Oh, I love that bit. Oh my gosh, give me all your peer review work." And I'm like, "Oh, happily hand that over." Yet there was somebody else in the team whose role was to do the induction process, and they're like, "Oh, I really don't like induction." meeting all these new people. I'm like, oh, I love induction. Like my woo loves meeting new people. Give me the induction. So we kind of do this trash and treasure of what don't you love? What do you love? You know, let's swap them around. So you could do job crafting at a team level, but in your one-on-one discussion with your manager, if you don't, you don't ask, you don't get. So yeah. 100%. I think that's one of my favorite things when facilitating, whether it's with an individual or with a group, is that realization. Because I think for so long, we can get stuck in our own way of seeing the world that we forget that everybody sees it differently. (laughs) And you're like, oh, I hate doing these minutiae tasks and planning and scheduling. And somebody else may love it and that you're not a burden by asking them to do it because it fuels them and they absolutely enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that just the thing that holds some people back is they don't make the ask. Um, they go, oh, this is never going to happen. And that might be through limiting beliefs or it might be they did ask once and got turned down. Um, but yeah, I have a, a big belief of you don't ask, you don't get something, something my mother always told me. <laughs> now, For you, I'm going to call out because you've got command. What about those of us that aren't really straightforward and good at communicating those sorts of things? What do you recommend for us to say, okay, how do I ask? 
Well, if you have a talent theme like responsibility, maybe you need to be pointing that responsibility inwardly to yourself and saying, right, well, if I don't make this ask, I'm going to continue to be miserable um, in what I'm doing. So maybe I need to be responsible to myself and the family and the loved ones around me because your happiness has an impact on other people. Maybe if we take that a same analogy and say, right, well, my unhappiness impacts other people. So therefore I could use my relator because I want to have a really strong relationship with those loved ones. And I know that this is impacting me. Maybe it's the learner that says, hey, I'd love to have the opportunity to learn more things. So can we have a conversation about what it is that I can learn? I think any of the talent themes can be used to um, make the ask. It's how you do it. I always say Clifton Strengths is not what we do, it's how we do it. So, yes, my command might do it a little bit more <laughs> directly. <laughs> I try and use my woo, so it's kind of like woo mander. Um, <laughs> But, you know, if you're somebody high harmony, it's going with a plan and saying, you know, I, I want to see this from both sides. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm meeting the needs of the organization and uh, meeting my needs. So it's how might you lean into one of your talent themes to get what you need. Um, and again, that's where that bring a need report comes back. If you need to go in with the facts, data and evidence, or maybe the other person wants to see the vax data and evidence. That's something else that's really useful to go, mm, I know my strengths, but who am I talking to? Nope. Oh, I'm talking to my manager who is high ideation. So if I go in and say, I've got this great idea, I'd love to share it with you. Or they're high relator, you know, I'd love to sit down and have that one-on-one -on -one conversation. Or they are high restorative and I go, oh, I, I, I kind of see this little bit of a problem. I think I've got an idea of how we can solve this problem. So it's trying to kind of feed the feed the language yeah. in there of your own strengths but the person that you're talking to yeah that makes a lot of sense i i do want to take a moment because i know we haven't really addressed it and there may be plenty of listeners who don't fully understand the strengths um we're talking about all these different words uh we're talking about clifton strengths uh, assessment from gallup if you don't know what it is um it is an opportunity to take a look at what you do best instead of areas of opportunity that you have to work on. Um, and as Charlotte said, it's not what you can or cannot do, but it's how you do things in life, the lens through which you see the world. Um, and so it's, it's a chance to say, this is what comes natural and normal to who I am. I excel in this. I'm good at it, maybe without thinking and excel in it with work. And it makes life so much easier. <laughs> and like you said, Charlotte, there's, there's benefits to the work environment. I think the other thing that I love is there are benefits to the individual too. You're not just helping the company that you work for. Your life gets better too. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, every workshop I do, I, I, I take in a copy of the Strengths-Based Parenting book with me and say, hey, this is not just a work application. Think about how you might be able to use your strengths to be a better mom or dad and you know, um, play to the strengths of your children as well. So, and the what I love about the Gallup platform is it's got so many different resources for people to think about it in, in different contexts. So yeah, if you haven't discovered your strengths yet, just Google Gallup Clifton Strengths and 
find out more. Absolutely. Reach out to either of us. Yeah. And it's not something that is generally surprising to people. This is normally things that you already know about yourself, but you may not be aware of, and you may not have the language to be able to express it. I know for me, uh, I think it was especially my connectedness. I couldn't quite put it into words, which I've heard is fairly common um, for that one in particular. And so as soon as I could get the report and read it, I was like, yes, this is what I do. This is how my brain works and how I see things. Now I have the words to communicate it with other people and a platform on which to grow and develop and contribute to those around me in the way that makes the most sense for me. I think what I'd add to that as well is I hear a lot of people say, yeah, this didn't surprise me. But coming back to the difference between a talent and a strength, if a talent is how you naturally think, feel and behave, a strength is taking that talent, investing in it so that you get a near perfect performance. So how might people invest in their talents to get that near perfect performance? So yeah, this doesn't surprise me, but what if I were to use it 1% than I already am? Yeah, I know I'm a relator and I build close trusting relationships and like working with friends, but what would that look like if I was to use that 1% more than I already am? So that's the bit that really stands out to me. And even if I think about, you know, finding your dream job and or getting unstuck from where you are, it's how can I invest in those talents and turn them into strengths? How can I play to my strengths by using them, not just being aware of them? Yeah. hundred percent. So if, if you're in a company where obviously you have strengths, maybe you have resources, maybe you've been given the book, like I was actually at work by my manager. Um, maybe I know what my manager needs and how to talk. Maybe I know a little bit about myself. What if I'm coming into this for the first time and this is not part of the culture in the company I'm in? What do I, how can I bring something to my company or at least for myself in that case? And do you mean about knowing your strengths or do you mean about knowing, knowing your strengths to, to doing the job crafting? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess there's a couple of things there. Then I might talk to people and if I'm new in, I might say, oh, you know, I'm, have you ever done Clifton Strengths? Yes, no. Oh, I, if no, go, you know, I'm, I'm high woo. What it means is I love meeting new people. So I use the language and then other people get curious. Sometimes I've been in organizations where I put my name tent up. We get this sort of little piece of paper and we mm. write our, our top five or our top 10 talent themes on there and people come up and go, oh, what do these words mean? When I'm on Zoom calls at the moment, like I've got my warmly talent themes listed up and people are like, Charlotte, what are those words? If I'm on a call with people that are not familiar with Clifton Strengths, oh, what do these words mean? And it gives me an opportunity to talk about it. But again, and this might come back, uh, Kristen, to my command meaning courage. I would just still have the conversation, even if it's not part of the culture, I would still have that conversation. And maybe that's an opportunity to even talk about it in an interview. When you're when you're in an interview, mm -hmm. if you if you know that you're going for a job and you know what your strengths are, to be able to say up front, these are my strengths, these are the things I love doing, and then say, oh, you know, in the interview we talked about XYZ, then that makes that conversation easier. But hey, you know, even if they're still new in, it's it's little by little. It's not ramming it down people's throats, but it's starting the conversation. And 
I know for me, I added it to my email signature at work. We had a semi-structure of what we were supposed to use, but there was some customizing I noticed in some of my coworkers. Uh, so I just added my top five in my email signature as well. Yep. There's a couple of clients that I know that that, that do, do similar. And again, uh, don't ask her yet. I, I have to go better to... Um, Beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. So put it in there and see what see what somebody says. Exactly. There you go. Or another one, actually, thinking about it is um, if it's if you're using um, Teams as a platform as opposed to Zoom. So I mentioned warmly on Zoom, which is an app. Uh, if you're using Teams and you're on a virtual background, just add your talent things to a virtual background. People are like, "Ooh, what are those words? What do they mean? What have we got up there?" It starts a starts a little fire. Yep. Gets people curious. And again, as we've said multiple times, it's once you understand your strengths and can lean into them, maybe it's even that example of, hey, there's something that's shifted in how you work. Your coworkers may notice, your boss may notice, because you're choosing to develop and lean into what you already do well. And it's it's gonna show. Yeah, it, it, it does. I, I suddenly had this other idea, um, Kristen, of something that I always recommend people look at. And if we're thinking here about dream jobs and careers, mm-hmm. um, our friend Lisa Cummings, who sort of uh, lives not far around the corner for, from you, I think, yep. she has an amazing website, Lead Through Strengths, and she has a great uh, podcast series on there about career branding using your strengths. So again, that's pretty cool for thinking about how do I how do I brand my career? How do I have that conversation? And it covers all the 34 themes. So it's something else I always recommend people look at when they're in particularly thinking about how do I articulate this to a prospective boss? How do I build this into my language or what it is that I want to do? Yeah. Great. I will make sure that a uh, link to Lisa's podcast is in the podcast newsletter. So make sure you're signed up to that and you'll get that link so you can dive in more um, once you have your strengths. Well, Charlotte, in true coaching fashion, I like to end all the podcasts or at least towards the end with some kind of challenge, some actionable thing that our listeners can do to help them in any form um, as it relates to dream jobs. So what do you have for our listeners today? Well, uh, I have recently written a book called Career Unstuck, How to Play to Your Strengths and Find Freedom and Purpose in Your Work Again. It's available on Amazon. Um, My challenge would be to anybody thinking about trying to find their dream job or even just shifting that dial a little bit higher up. And the dial I'm referring to is I always ask that question on a scale of one to 10, how much you love your job. And if it's a seven, your challenge is, how do I shift that to an eight? And the book contains so many tips and strategies and stories for other people who felt a little bit stuck where they were and got unstuck. So my challenge is, you know, read the book. And then if there's something that's really useful to you, share that with other people as well. Share the tip, share the technique. Um even reach out to me and share it with me. What did you find most useful? So that's the challenge that I set for people today. 
I like it. And I will wholeheartedly second that challenge. Um, I have already read Charlotte's book and absolutely loved it. It is a, I want to say it's a, a quick read, but you shouldn't read it quickly because there are so many things in each chapter to actually process and work through and questions and action steps to go through um, that it it's chock full of of resources. So I wholeheartedly second um, that challenge to go check out Charlotte's new book, Career Unstuck. And then I like that added piece that you added, Charlotte, to say, okay, figure out a technique and share it with somebody else. Yeah, I designed the book so it is like going on a journey and everybody's going to have a different journey. Like our strengths are very different. The chances of you having the same top five in the same order as somebody else is one in 33 million. We're all on our own different journeys as well. So I wrote it so that you, yeah, you might come on at chapter one and two and then you might jump off and you might go and do some research. You might think about some of those questions. You might do the additional reading that I've got in there. Um, and then you might come back on and go, actually, no, I'm I'm going to look at chapter five. Maybe I skip this other chapter. So it's about, it's like a choose your own adventure book as well, that you don't have to read it from cover to cover. You can keep referring back to it. I've created a workbook that goes alongside it that you can download from the website careerunstuck.com.au so that you can kind of go, yeah, how can I, how can I head off on this journey uh, again, it's it's supposed to be repeatable because we know that our career is not just uh, one line. Mm, very true. It does not have to be a single line. All right. Well, Charlotte, anything else you want to share about dream jobs or something you didn't get to say today? Mm-hmm. Um, if I think about, you know, dream jobs, I think the S bit is really applicable there. Like it's, we don't just have one job. And if you think you found your dream job and it turns out not to be your dream job, you don't have to stay there. You can move somewhere else. Um, I like the, you know, that, that, that story about, well, you know, you're not a tree. You can, you can just move. We're not, we're not planted and stuck somewhere. So it is about jobs. We have lots of different jobs, lots of different careers in our life. So if what you thought was your dream turned out not to be, you know, have another dream and follow, follow that. I agree. I love it. Um, well, I will make sure that there are links in this podcast notes um, to the book, to the website, so you can get the workbook if you're interested, as well as directly to Charlotte's webpage if you're interested in getting in touch with her. Um, that'll also be in the newsletter that'll be get sent out. So make sure you're subscribed to that. All right, Charlotte, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you for asking me. And um, it's been really fun talking with you and sharing with your listeners. So thank you. Once again, it was such a pleasure to have Charlotte on this podcast episode and talk about a few different topics that are covered in more detail in her new book, Career Unstuck. Our conversation around job crafting reminded me of my conversation with Eileen Suarez, who was on the podcast about a month ago. Go check out that episode if you want to hear a story of job crafting around your strengths. I hope this episode made you want to go find your results from your last Clifton Strengths or Strength Finders assessment from that one time you took it years ago. Or if you haven't taken it, I hope it got you interested to learn more 
Charlotte's challenge is to go check out her new book, Career Unstuck, and I wholeheartedly second her. As I mentioned earlier, it is chock full of very tangible actions that you can take and some reflections to help you in your career and doesn't need to be read straight through. And I think there's so much power to a book that can be used as a resource like that. When you find something in that book that resonates with you, go share it with somebody else. And Charlotte even opened up, give her feedback, let her know what you're thinking, what your journey is looking like. I also want to encourage you to take the Clifton Strengths assessment if you haven't already. And you can do that either by reaching out to me directly and we can schedule a debrief session and get that set up, or you can take the assessment and then contact me to do a debrief session. I can help you relate the results to your life and your career goals, and we can start that deeper conversation that this assessment will open up for you. For the latest info about this podcast, challenge accountability, and more, don't forget to sign up for the podcast newsletter at wakeupfromyourdreamjob.com. Also on the website, you can sign up for a 30-minute free exploration call with me. I'd love to hear from you with your thoughts, questions, and how the challenge is going for you this week. You can email me at dreamjob at kristenmcdonald.com. And of course, I appreciate you when you subscribe to this podcast. Wake up and dream.